Kia ora, you're listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. I'm Compass and I use they, them pronouns and I'm here with... Kia ora, uh, my name is John Finnerty. Um, ko Kots Toku Paimoanga, ko Makara Toku Awa, ko Fariho Toku Turanga Waiwai, Enari ko Te Fau Toku Kainga, ko Jack Toku Papa, ko Jill Toku Mama, ko Trish Toku Tuahine, ko Felix Toku Kuri, Ko Simon Hajiford, Toku Tane, Ko John Finetiaho, Tena Koto, Tena Koto, Tena Koto Katoa. That funny thing that some Pakiha Toiwi people do now, and but I think doing a Pepiha is a nice way to just locate me. Um, I'm uh, originally from Makara um, on the west coast um, of Whanganui Atara, so um, it's lovely to be talking to you, Compass. <laughs> Down in my hometown, yeah. Um, my parents, I was talking to them yesterday and they were saying it's been pretty dry um, down down there. So they it want me to bring been. some rain. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah, it's also getting quite cold down here as well. We're definitely yeah. going into winter, which I've, I personally love winter. So yeah. it's, it's fine. Yeah, I'm a ginger. Um, so, you know, winter works yeah. well for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you can finally spend your money on like exactly. a nice food instead of sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, and we're here today because you are a part of the Identify Survey, yeah. right? So would you like to explain to us what the Identify Survey is and what your role is with, awesome. with the survey? I'd love to. So um, Identify, the Identify Survey is a survey that has been uh, developed um, collaboratively with rainbow um, organisations and rainbow researchers um, and I mean, I said rainbow organizations, I mean, those focused on young people and younger adults um, to provide us with a really nuanced, deeper understanding about what the experiences are like for people aged 14 to 26 and um, who identify as Takatakwi, Rainbow, MVP FAF, uh, anywhere along a particular spectrum that sort of sits outside of the sort of cis heteronormative norm, mm. and the the and the survey is a it's an online survey, so it's designed to be done um, you know when people have got space and time, and um, it has a particular focus um, on experiences in education, experiences in the community, experiences at work, um, rather than a focus on health which has been um, traditionally where most of the data for our communities has been collected, has sort of been health stuff. And mm. this survey really is about trying to understand, well, what's happening in, in other important places for uh, these young people? And, um, and the survey really is a chance for us to do that. I think um, one of the reasons... Um, I know one of the, the things that I I think is um, important about the survey is that um, traditionally there has been a lot of research done um, either on young people as a whole, so, you know, secondary school aged young people with the Youth 2000 series of surveys, mm. um, or there's been specific rainbow um, community subsection surveys, so... The Honor Project Aotearoa has been exploring how things go for Takatapui and Māori uh, 
people who identify as being part of the rainbow. And then, of course, Counting Ourselves has explored how things are going for trans non-binary and gender expansive communities as a whole. And what we wanted to do with this survey was, um, was to kind of look at that intersection of youth and younger adults and being Takatapu Rainbow MVP FAF because the experiences, for instance, of a young trans person are going to be different for the experience of, a trans, uh, of an older trans adult. Mm. And the schooling experiences for someone aged um, 18 versus someone aged 48 are going to be very different. And I think one of the reasons for me, um, I'm a researcher at the University of Auckland in the School of um, Counselling, Human Services and Social Work, and that sits in the Faculty of Education and Social Work. And one of the things that's always driven me is that schools are a place that we mandate um, people to go. Like, you don't have any choice. You actually have to go to school. It's written into the legislation. And that means that those schools need to be um, able to do their best to support all learners to learn and all people to feel safe. And so if we do something, uh, the survey is important because it means that we can go into depth on some of those areas rather than trying to have to cover everything off and design mm. questions that work for an adult as well as for a, someone who might be in, in their teenage years and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a great summary. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. If we haven't really seen much that is super specific to young rainbow people, like counting ourselves love that love it so much and it's such an amazing resource but it is sort of quite hard to see when you look at something of like okay so somebody who is like how how old did it go there it was like in their 70s eh yeah like it was quite and then all the way down to like 15 or or younger and that's quite a a (laughs) it's a broad um, spectrum of experiences there yeah. and being able to like really condense it down is so important. Yeah. And, and the same with the Youth 2000 studies. Totally. I mean, and I've been involved with both of those two studies, both Counting Ourselves and, and Youth 2000. And um, and Jamie Veal is one of the co-investigators on on the Identify survey as well, and which is great because she, you know, just brings all that knowledge from from counting ourselves and we did there's a little nod to counting ourselves and identify because there's actually a little um a byline i'm not sure if you noticed that it's that it's um identify colon diversity counts um and that that sort of talks to that thing because you know that was such an important survey and there's always the thing when you're designing a survey that you've got you can't have too many questions otherwise people just run out of steam with it they mm. And so you've got to have, they've got to be sort of specific, but when you've got a really broad range, then you, you lose some of that, that nuance. And with the Youth 2000 surveys, you know, they sort of had to pitch at a level which was going to work for a lot of, uh, a lot of secondary school aged students who were cis and heterosexual, just really didn't have any clue around some of the languaging. And the beauty Mm. with Identify is it's like, this is for us, this is it for our community. No one's going to freak out when they see a question, you know, asking you to describe your gender. Like, you know, yeah. that, that is not terrifying to ask. And so that's, um, yeah, that's a, a really key part of it, I think, um, the, the beauty yeah. of having a specific survey. 
Yeah, and I think as well, because Identify is an online survey, isn't it? Yes. Um, so you, you're able to go and do it. It takes like 15 minutes max. Of I, I did it a, a few days ago. You're oh, welcome, wow. By the way. You're welcome. Cool. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> um, but it's, it's quite, it's, yeah, it's quite qu- quick to go through, but it is quite like, I I think I feel like it goes quite in depth and it gives you options to expand on your experiences of it be like write this like your experiences here on that but then it also gives you the option to like write in a bit more like specifically about your experience if you want to which I think is a really great way of um not only being able to like find this data and being able to like you know I don't know show it to the big wigs and be like please give us give, help us a little bit but also being able to like find people's stories and their experiences and share those as well um which you can't really do with just numbers no no and and the numbers are really important you know to get policy you know people working in policy and and who hold some of the purse strings to to kind of take um notice but you're so right like and and that was one of the things that um that counting ourselves did really well was providing lots of opportunities for write-in responses for people who do want to share some of those kind of narratives a little bit more, um, which I think is really useful. Um, yeah, really, really important. Um, but also there are some people who just don't want to write anything in. Like they're just sort of like, I'm doing it on my little phone and I just want to tick the boxes and that's totally fine um, as well. And I'm so glad you've done it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was really great. And also the option to skip any or yeah. the majority of the questions if you feel uncomfortable yeah. answering them, I think is such a, um, it's, it makes you feel nice while you're taking it. You're like, oh. these people actually care um, uh, about like us and our well-being. A special shout out to, to Alex Carr, who, um, oh. who yeah, lovely love Alex. <laughs> oh, I know. Amazing. And, and um, if, if he wasn't, walking the the length of the the nation um he totally should be here because um he and i have absolutely um been working on this side by side and he's done a lot of the heavy work heavy lifting for the project and particularly it was really his carefulness around some of that languaging and i think that's a lot of the experience that he brings from inside out actually about understanding um you know how how vital it is and when we went we had we've got health and disability ethics committee approval for the survey which is a really big deal um and they could you could you explain what that is sure for those of us yes yes of course well first academia yes so so when when we do a study in in academia we have to get ethical approval if we involve humans or animals of course but in this case humans and um and there are a range of of committees that people go to yeah there might be one at their university or this one for instance is a national committee and it oversees um uh, national applications and um and they came back to us and they said basically like this is one of the best proposals we've seen and we particularly like how you've thought about people's safety and well-being if there's a question that they may find um, upsetting that there is that option just to skip that section if you don't wish but you don't have to not do the whole survey you can just skip a particular section and that's important and that also gives us really important information too like Mm. you know even if someone feels you know a bit stink for not doing a section the fact that 
you know, that person is ticking, this section is upsetting for me, I'd rather skip it, still gives us some important yeah. information about, you know, what what might be going on for that person. So, yeah. yeah totally. So And it gives you it gives you way more than somebody just like putting down the survey and not doing any more. Yeah, absolutely. And and we know, unfortunately, you know, this is a thing for our communities. Like we have experienced at, at times often a fair number of us have experienced some traumatic events. And so making the survey safe is really important. Um, and someone tweeted to um, Patrick Thompson, another co-investigator, to say, um, you know, to give us a heads up that actually they'd encountered a slur in the survey because there's a question that asks about slurs that people have heard at work. And it turned out that part of the logic was a little bit off and the question came out two questions before it was supposed to. And and so ah. that's, and they said in their, their thing, they said, look, we really love how safe you've made this survey and I've just noticed this bit and, you know, just want you to know about it. And so that's, it's really good when people let us know if there's something that they think's gone wrong um, <laughs> to yeah. let us know about that. Yeah. But, but, but I think what they appreciated um, too was that we'd done a lot of effort to make this a safe survey mm. um, for people to do. And a big part of that too has been making sure that we've, we've got um, positive questions in there too. So it's not just always about the negative, but also what's going well, what's going well at work for people, what's going well in school. And um, mm. because those stories are really important as well. Yeah. I think so as well. I think, uh, especially when we look at all of the data we have, especially when, like you were talking about earlier, uh, most of our stats are around sort of health stuff. Yeah. Um, and we really lose the, the, the fact that there are really positive things happening in our communities. And it also helps give like uh, cishet allies uh, like a blueprint of like what is actually really good and affirming and really important to have in these spaces rather than just being like, rainbow people are having a really hard time and then just being like just figure it out yeah yeah, yeah totally so, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah that's i think that's really great and i think it's really great as well to hear that you're so responsive so i think it's like i mean any academic totally. study it sort of feels a bit clinical but knowing that it's like quite responsive and that there's there's actual human beings behind the scenes it's really um comforting and lovely yeah i know and i i think that's that's one thing that is really important about this collaboration with inside out and rainbow youth um that it is very much grounded in the community and um and it really draws on the expertise of young people really and and having Alex involved in the survey has just been amazing um, to also bring that that particular perspective, you know, around around young people. But we are really keen on um, on people feeding back. I also got um, there was a tweet on the Instagram about someone who was feeling ho ha a bit upset that they couldn't get access to stickers. Um, mm. which is the, the koha for the survey. If you do it and you go in to see one of the organizations listed, you can get a sticker. And one of the Which are really, really gorgeous. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. And of course, someone was sort of annoyed that, you know, there wasn't a place near where they lived to go and collect a sticker. And that's one of the challenges with the survey. And because we have to get ethical approval to do these things, the ethics committee said you know well you can't send 
things out to people because of course if someone's if someone's not out at home mm. and someone opens it and they say what's this and we could be in a situation where we're outing someone so that's been one of the challenging aspects of the survey is how do we how do we balance um you know giving people the opportunity to get um some stickers alongside protecting their identity and their information and keeping them safe and so we decided the best way to do that is to um, use rainbow organisations around the country to be the place where people can come and and give the password and then yeah. you know go and collect um, some stickers. Yeah, the top secret yeah. password to then go and get some some stickers. And the stickers are designed, um, you know, so if you know what they are, then you'll know what they are. But if you don't know what they are, then you won't know what they are. And so. Yeah in a way it kind of talks to those secret codes that exist in mm. kind of queer and trans communities already where there's a little bit of a sly nod and a wink like oh you've yeah. got one of those stickers on your phone and oh i know yeah. i know how you got that just, yeah. <laughs> oh awesome <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah um yeah i guess uh, what is sort of when we look at sort of data and stuff and especially when collecting data around um marginalized communities what is sort of why are they so important and what are some like impacts that could come from having more data about our communities awesome um it's so important right i mean the big thing for rainbow communities is invisibility we have been invisible for we're either not invisible, we're either persecuted, yeah. <laughs> or if we're not persecuted, then we're often invisible. And mm. what's important about having, you know, like the census, you know, prime example, um, the last debacle, and I know Stats is doing some really important work to kind of rectify some of that, but in a lot of the official kind of tools, rainbow identities are either poorly kind of counted, not counted, mm misrepresented and what that means is that when we're not counted when we're not seen means that policy makers can't factor our experiences into their planning and into budgeting and into thinking about things from rainbow perspectives i know i'm using the word rainbow i'm just using that as a shorthand um yeah. here but and so the importance then of having specific um, data is so that we can advocate um, for our needs to be better met um, and I've been involved in rainbow activism for over 25 years now I started um, quiz on campus at the University of Auckland when I was a teenager um, and that was because at that time there wasn't anything there that was kind of pan it was all either set up into discrete binary genders like there was a thing called uni gays and dykes on campus and and my sister's a dyke and I wanted us to be able to at least do something together and um and so that's what we did and um but what's really important for people doing activism is having some of those numbers that they can say hey these are the experiences for trans people of colour in schools. This is what's going on for bisexual young women in schools. Like, we need to have this data so that it moves us beyond anecdotes and stories to 
actually this is a this is an issue this is a, a big thing or also it says you know what um all those um you know non-binary folks who are involved in activism they report better outcomes than those who aren't you know despite the experiences yeah. of discrimination and what does that mean in terms of developing strategies that might enable all people to thrive oh well, we should develop more opportunities for activism so that's mm. that's one of those really important things and um one of the projects that i've been involved in in the past was developing some videos to combat um homophobic transphobic and biphobic bullying and um i used the youth uh 2000 statistics on bullying which show that you know in 2012 that bullying was four and a half times more likely for um for trans and uh non-binary young people compared to cis young people mm. and that got me $100,000 from the government to develop really important bullying resources so the this data is is really our opportunity as a community to kind of stamp our our to find our turanga wai our place to stand and say we exist and we are val- we are worthy of attention mm. yeah and i I've, i think i i so agree with what you say of like either we're so visible and we are attacked and persecuted because of that mm. or we are completely invisible which i think makes it quite interesting hearing about rainbow experiences because it's either um people being very out and really it's like suffering a lot suffering a lot of bullying a lot of discrimination mm. um but then on the flip side having people were saying like i feel like i can't really speak to these experiences because my rainbow identity is quite invisible or i'm not out in these spaces which i think i think not being being in the closet has a lot of um impacts on your mental health yeah. and those sort of things that yeah. i feel like we don't really yeah. um talk about that often but that makes it really interesting to sort of try and categorize our experiences because of how easy it is to hide ourselves yeah. um uh, to other people but also how much we suffer when we don't hide ourselves um which I, I, were there any thoughts about that sort of um thing while going into the survey of like how do we sort of um incorporate people who are still closeted or people who are quite out and proud of their identities was there any thought going into that sort of thing yeah there this this quite a lot of we um also in terms of i should probably talk about how we developed the survey um too and um so there's um a, a range of co-investigators on the survey and they and basically it's sort of for me a uh, a neat collection of um of people who have a lot of expertise for their various communities um and that they bring so we're very fortunate to have Dr. Elizabeth Kirikiri um who brings uh, of course enormous knowledge around taktapui uh kind of experiences but also all of Elizabeth's work um around working around positive youth development um comes to the fore and then we've got Mohammed Alansari who um brings particular expertise around sort of Middle Eastern and Asian kind of cultural world views around some of this um obviously we've got Jamie we've got Patrick Thompson who brings a lot of knowledge around Pacifica ways of understanding um communities and we have 
the gorgeous Alex, um, who brings that youthful perspective and also talks about things, you know, from within the trans non-binary umbrella and, mm-hmm. and Jamie Veal. And so we've had um, a lot of, of those, um, and Peter Saxton, who, who brings a lot of expertise around sort of gay men's health. Um, and so having a bunch of people has been useful because it's all of our survey development has been done um, as, a, as a committee, um, along with Francis uh, from Rainbow Youth and Tabby uh, from Inside Out, um, who are the other co-investigators. And um, we also did um, community consultation hui um, around the country. We did some hui, couple of hui up in Northland. We did um, three or four hui in Auckland, including South Auckland. Um, we did a couple in Wellington, and we also did a couple down in Christchurch. Um, so in all of those places, we were just trying to get a range of people to give us, tell us what they wanted to see in the survey, what was important to them. So again, it was that idea that the survey was owned by the community and for the community. And and that was really good too, because um, it meant that people could give us feedback on some of the things that they thought that we already had. We went there with the draft sort of, you know, survey, like, so people had something to bounce their ideas off. And, and those tensions around coming out are really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. what does it even mean to come out? Is it about telling someone? What if people know, but you haven't told them? Yeah. Um, you know, like, and then like... It's a, it's a very broad... It is, it's a real mission. Yeah. And, then, and then passing, you know, like, you know, yeah. what if some people can't pass... What does it mean for intersex um, people who identify as part of the rainbow community around mm. passing and being out? And, and so it was, it, it's been a, a really awesome experience and it's taken a lot of development to sort of get it to this point where we kind of work through some of those more kind of tricky components. Because it's one of, the, one of the things with a survey is that, you know, you, you have to have questions that are, um, specific enough so that they're not ambiguous um, but you also then you know you do kind of constrain yourself a little bit but you know there's yeah. always swings and roundabouts I guess and that's that's part of that tension um, but yeah we definitely have got um, questions about um, outness and harassment because I think you're right like you know in some ways um, you know the experience of avoiding discrimination because you're not out, uh, that, that sometimes is, can be quite protective, um, mm. but also sometimes the ability to kind of address stuff head on if you've got supports around you, you know, can also be quite positive too. Like, wow, yeah. I've taught myself I've got power. I can survive this and, you know, and I'm going to get through this with supportive you know, my, my friends, Fano. you know, and that, that's also really important too. Mm, totally. Yeah. And those are all sort of, I, I do not envy you having this job. I cannot imagine trying to like, my dream job. That's my dream <laughs> job. Yeah. Awesome. This has been the survey I wanted to do for a very long time. So yeah, I'm just delighted, but it is, yeah, it's, it's definitely gnarly. And yeah, yeah, but we're also really um, open when people, um, if people contact us and they want to use some of the data and, and partner with us to analyze it, 
we're really keen on that because we're going to need help because we're going to have a lot of a lot of data to analyze yeah <laughs> i can imagine um so i guess we've we've kind of talked a little bit about the process of like you know you you went around did loads of hui all around but what was sort of what inspired you to do um this survey specifically um like specifically looking at rainbow and sakatapui young people um and what was like awesome. what was some of the like the big hurdles some of the challenges yeah. if there were any yeah cool um, the um the inspiration for this was um as i said i've i've been involved in the youth 2000 surveys um would you like to explain what the youth sure sorry are? yes and there there are um there have now been four nationwide surveys of secondary school aged young people and they usually have between sort of six and a half and eight thousand um students in each survey wave and the important thing about those is they're randomly selected and so it means that we can you know get some good data and say this is you know our best guess and it's pretty accurate to how things are going um, for young people including a subset of those young people who identify as being um, trans uh, non-binary or um, or sort of sexuality minorities the 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 languaging is challenging in the youth 2000 surveys because it has to talk to that kind of 13 year old cis heterosexual student that may not yeah. understand things that well so yeah. that's and what that means is that we can collect some data there and and we've got important data about bullying and and um supports at home and supports at school and mental health data but we can't get any of the nuances like we can't ask questions about um you know did you learn about trans people in history like that mm. in history at school no we can't ask about that it's too specific and but we know from the from the literature that actually it's that those specific things that are going to make a big difference for um for rainbow young people getting sexuality education that talks to their experiences that talks to their bodies um it's going to be really powerful and so we needed a survey that was going to do that but we also um needed to have a survey that was going to talk to um younger adults aged 18 to 26 because that group is entirely missing from most of the the data so we've got you know we've got some data on secondary school aged young people it's not particularly deep but it it's something but for that 18 to 26 group there's hardly anything and that's really crazy right because for many people that is when they start to explore these aspects of their identity it might be when they start to come out when they start to you know enter into relationships with other people when they might encounter discrimination in the workplace for the first time or discrimination in a tertiary you know education provider like a university or a polytech and that those experiences are totally missing um and that's a huge gap and so we needed to address that mm. so um that was another big part of the the survey is you know getting beyond schools to also see what's happening for people once they leave school um and um you know because i i mean as a young queer person i experienced all sorts of discrimination and crappy experiences when I was working and that's kind of sometimes a bit missing you know we don't even really yeah. talk about that but work is still a really important context for, for lots of people it's where they spend the majority of their week and 
if you're dealing with a homophobic, transphobic, biphobic, you know, boss, what does that say? You know, like, yeah. so, um, so we really needed to make sure that we, we got some of those experiences in the survey. Yeah. I think what I'd be really interested to see um, going forward of is seeing how different it is for young people who are still in high school yeah. or in college um, versus people who are in tertiary institutions. Yeah. Because I think generally we think that um, tertiary education is a little bit more, I don't know, freeing. But I think I'd be really interested to see if there is a difference there in discrimination from yeah. um, like those institutions, which I think will be quite interesting to see. Yeah. Just on a, on a personal note, I'm fascinated. Oh, cool. Yeah, that. no, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's great. And I, I've done some qualitative research in, um, at, at the University of Auckland about tertiary students' experiences of cis heteronormativity. Um, and yeah, it's really sobering, right? You know, like, it's like, oh, this is so depressing, you know, this yeah so so is it's just it's not uncommon you know unfortunately to have some of these experiences and the irony is that i think a lot of universities they they have policies that say oh you know we have zero tolerance for bullying but actually when you look at the process that you're supposed to go to to report bullying it's not rainbow friendly in any way shape or form like you totally have to out yourself you have to go and talk to a head of you know department or some senior tutor and then you have to have evidence and then you've got to how do you how do you define you know those subtle manifestations of harassment as bullying you know like you know you know this person is harassing you um because of the way that they've given you the side eye or the way they they misgender you but they can claim oh it wasn't wasn't anything i meant to do on purpose and so i think Mm. that's kind of ironic i think in a way schools are better placed to address some of this discrimination than universities currently are which is one of the things i'd like to see change yeah totally i think as well it'll be i think it's also quite an interesting time going from being in high school to being in university especially because i think we have this sort of this cultural or societal idea that um, you can be a bit more free when you're at university, which might lead people to being like, to coming out during university, which might open them up to more discrimination than if they were like in the closet in high school, which I think will be quite uh, an interesting Yeah. Experience. Uh, yeah, this this interview is just making my brain go like, <laughs> like wild. Awesome. Yeah. I can see why this is yeah, your dream totally job. Yeah, it's totally my dream job. So my dream job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So were there any like big um, hurdles to being able to do this survey, like even before putting the survey out and thinking about like the, the questions, the nitty gritty, were there any hurdles or um, that sort of The thing? biggest hurdle with a survey like this is getting um, funding to do, um, to do, to put the survey together. Um, and, um, and unfortunately we weren't successful at getting funding from the Health Research Council and um, I, I'm not sure if I'm just sour, sour grapes, but, you know, I think that represents <laughs> the fact sometimes too that, you know, even our national funding bodies, um, you know, they often have reviewers that don't have a lot of experience with rainbow communities and, um, and necessarily don't see our stuff as important as some of the other health stuff. 
um, that's there. And I've had HRC, this kind of the big health funding funding before for my um, PhD, but when it gets to post PhD research, it's difficult to get rainbow stuff um, funded when it's not explicitly about health. And that was the biggest challenge, but, um, but I, we were lucky to get funding from the University of Auckland instead, which has funded um, the various um, research um, staff on the project, um, and which was vital, right? Because trying to work through all these nuances um, without any time is, is a killer. Um, yeah. But also that funding was really important for um, for using um, for me to to use um, curative who have done the identify um, identity for the survey like they've developed the the koha and some of the the visual language that sits around the survey because the thing we know also is that um, it's difficult to talk to this group if you don't look like you know what you're talking about. Um, and that's something I think that probably a bunch of cis heterosexual researchers don't understand so much about kind of working with rainbow um, younger adults is that this community is used to seeing, you know, like they have a design eye, they have flair and they want things to, to look good and as they should, because I think it demonstrates a sense of generosity and hospitality about our data and our data deserves to look good and our experiences deserve to be nice. And so that, that's been a really lovely, um, lovely part of this. But the other big thing really with having some funding is to help us, um, recruit, uh, participants and developing posters and badges and, and stickers and, and pull up posters that's all that all costs money and that's what you need to get the the survey out there widely because we really do need as many young people to do the survey as we possibly can so because what happens when we've got lots of people doing it is that we can look at things for various intersectional identities and say oh how are things going Samoan uh, rainbow communities oh what's going on for uh, people of colour who identify as women and, um, you know, in the urban centres or what's happening for for trans people in regional Aotearoa. So mm. having everyone's voice is really, really important in the survey. Um, there's always some aspect of someone's identity that is relatively unique. And um, that's that's one of the, the key challenges for us I think is is getting recruitment and so here's my my formal plea to everyone other than just please take the survey if you're aged within 14 to 26 inclusive is to please tell everyone you possibly can to take the survey um, because we really do need to have as many people as we can um, involved yeah I guess I'm going to rewind a little bit because you talked about not being able to get funding mostly because it wasn't like super health focused. Do you have any like thoughts or around why a lot of our data is around health stuff or why it's easier to get funding around health stuff? Or is that, is that question too big? No, no, it's not too big. It's a really interesting question. I think in a way, partly it's because the majority of funding anyway is so health focused we're obsessed probably correctly with health like you know it's an it's expensive for 
for the country you know if if people have poor health or ill health um you know in a global capitalist system you need to have healthy bodies to make widgets and things like that and so i think that there's there's that kind of broader kind of context to it and then i think there's so and and the medical kind of fraternity has a lot of power and they have a lot of money and so that everything kind of turns towards health um and then traditionally i think um you know the one place where um rainbow communities did have a lot of visibility both for for poor and for good was around hiv and Mm. um and aids and that has that funding stream has traditionally been managed through through health and we're in this funny position i think as a country where um you know i do a lot of work around education obviously and schools are a big passion for me um but even within the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Education, there's sometimes a bit of a fight about whose responsibility is this issue. You know, for instance, sexuality education, is that an education or is it a health thing? And who's going to own, own this kaupapa? And, and sometimes both groups want to own it and sometimes neither group wants to own it. And, and I think sometimes that's the issue for rainbow communities. We, we don't fit you know, we, we're queer, we don't fit into these kind of neat little boxes and and our education is a health issue and our health mm. is an education issue. Like if we don't know about, um, about new puberty and other ways of being, that affects our health and well-being. But, but also if we, you know, don't have access to, to quality knowledge, that's a, a major kind of concern and so there's that that general aspect and then I think um then there's really limited funding outside of health and then it gets really competitive and you come up against sort of humanities funding and everyone's got legitimate needs for funding um and so it yeah it, it is a it's a tricky place to be I think yeah but I kind of like it in a way like I kind of like the fact that because we've got university funding for this, it means that it's not government funded. Um, and that means that we're not under any obligations to, um, we've, we've consulted with government and some of the policy people from health and education have been great and things, but we're also not under any obligation to deliver what government wants. And that's, I think really, that's probably way more valuable than being hamstrung yeah. by you yeah, know. more free. Yeah, yeah, and you know there'll be some things that are that are critical of how things have been going for us, and we need to have that voice and and make that heard. Yeah, I, I um also stuff around like recruitment and that um I mean I guess we all kind of know that like Takatapui identities especially are super underrepresented like in in our rainbow spaces, but also in all of our data. So what is sort of could you talk a bit more about like your outreach and the work with, especially with Elizabeth Kitty Kitty and like engaging with Takatapui um, communities and what that's sort of been like and some steps that you have taken to make sure that everything's like acknowledging all of these intersections and all of the different experiences that people have and the different discriminations that people can yeah. face. I think, well, um, one of the, the key things was obviously um, as, as Elizabeth's leadership on the study. And um, I think any, you know, 
anything and Elizabeth talks about you know a range of kaupapa Māori but also just treaty-based kind of research and this is treaty-based research with having uh, her tangata whenua um, at the top table making decisions so all of the survey um, items have been approved by all of the the investigators so um, including Elizabeth and there's some really um, some of the feedback from and there are a range of Takatapu or Rangatahi Māori rainbow people um, involved in um, consultations and um, one of the neat things um, well one of the most important things I think is there's a, a whole subsection in the survey for Takatapu around um, aspects of Te Ao Māori um, ways of being that um, are um, hauora or well-being um, enhancing that um, have been developed and Elizabeth has been involved in developing that particular strand of the survey um, because and also you know Elizabeth's un- understandings and knowledge that actually for a lot of uh, takatapu or, or um, rainbow rangatahi um, it is actually through te ao Māori that they develop a positive sense of their rainbow identity so so that's been really lovely and and we've had takatapu at many of the consultations that we've done um, around the place and just having Elizabeth involved has has really strengthened that whole kaupapa and I've been lucky because Elizabeth and I have been working together for over 15 years so we've got a strong relationship and um, when we did previous youth um, rainbow youth stuff um, so that was that's that's been lovely but then in terms of the other intersectional identities it's been about making sure all of those community consultations that we've had representation from as many intersectional intersections as we can and so doing a consultation in South Auckland was really important to um, engage with some of the more gender expansive Pacifica identities that mm-hmm. exist. Having Patrick Thompson at the top table is really important from that perspective. Um, engaging um, with a range of intersex or people with variations in sex characteristics, experts um, and um, yeah, exponents in different places has been really important, particularly and that's been a real interesting challenge too because of course many people who are who identify as being intersex don't necessarily identify as being part of the rainbow community and so that's mm. and so we we made the decision that actually the survey is about rainbow experiences that includes people who identify as being intersex and rainbow but we can't we we're not able to our survey won't talk to intersex um, young people who don't identify as being rainbow because we ask about all these questions about, you know, their experiences that may not be particularly relevant. Um, yeah. But that, that's that been a, a particular um, kind of focus for us um, around these things. And I think that's the joy of Aotearoa is that we have so many exciting intersectional um, identities to explore um, and yeah, my hope is that um, because we've got um, strong bicultural leadership of the study and we've got strong uh, representation from trans communities in the study and non-binary communities and a range of ethnicities that people will feel like this does talk to their experiences um, 
so that's that's my hope um at least yeah lovely and i think as well being able to um like bring those experiences to the forefront is so um so important especially um when thinking about how we can work more intersectionally with um other communities and making sure that everybody is um safe and getting all of the community support that they need from all of their um communities rather than making them pick and choose which one's the safest for them in that moment um and yeah it's so lovely to hear that we're able to um yeah have that that leadership and oh it's so cool it's such a dream right and having having (laughs) being able to just contact these people and i think this is part of the thing right developing relationships over time and so people feel willing to work together and you know we're a small country we're a small you know research community and this is about people wanting to work together across intersectional boundaries to to produce something powerful yeah maybe this is my dream job as well (laughs) (laughs) you've convinced me you've convinced me come and do it come and do more postgraduate study yeah (laughs) every every single survey you release i'll have you come in and (laughs) do an interview about it just so i can like live vicariously through you um i get we only have um maybe like 10 minutes left so i guess um my my last question throwing it out there is what are some like what do you hope the the impacts of the survey will be or do you have any any big dreams of how this can improve um rainbow people's experiences um or oh, yeah. you know what what do you hope the outcome will be of this the survey i hope the outcome of the survey um okay so i've only got 10 minutes no but um i i hope because <laughs> i've got you know i could talk to this for you know for three weekends because no. that's how much yeah, i think yeah. about this stuff but you know this could be a speak out yeah 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 it's it's just three hours long (laughs) um i think my my hopes are that the survey produces really detailed um understandings about what's happening in school what's happening at university what's happening at polytech what's happening in workplaces what's happening in homes and what's happening in the community that is good uh, that we should amplify and what is happening that is bad and that we need to prevent. And um, what I would like to see from the survey, obviously, is the kind of understanding that... Um, I mean, all of this comes back to the fact that queer, trans, takataipui people are not defective or deficient, that we live in contexts that can either be mana and health enhancing or mana and health depleting and i want the survey to kind of point out like we we exist in these contexts and we need these contexts to be equitable and fair for us and um and we deserve that it is our right as humans to have these these experiences so that's what I would like to see coming up from this. And I'd like to see a greater focus on some of these, these contexts that are often maybe not prioritized as much or not focused on as much. I think your ideas and 
you know, your thoughts around the experiences at university are often quite unseen. I think universities, you know, speaking as a university lecturer, I think, you know, they, they often aren't very introspective about the kind of context that they produce. And I think, you know, that's the same for a range of polytechs and other training organisations. Um, I would like to see um, greater awareness of microaggressions and how those can play out for young people you know and that those are just um those are important and need to be um need to be addressed and they're happening a lot and it's not you know it's not a thing of the past um i suspect i guess what this all talks to though is the i think the elephant that's been in the room for a long time for um rainbow communities and that is um how we get our needs met at a at a government at a national level and i think this survey will be um will identify that there are a range of areas where we need to have our needs better met and then that will produce the follow-up question around so what who's going to do this and how is this going to happen and getting the data there is an important step to I think I hope um, for us to one day have a um, some commissioner for rainbow communities or commissioners for rainbow communities that are able to advocate for rainbow communities to get funding to get their needs met um, so that people aren't having to do it part time while they try and make a living you know teaching you know a bunch of first years social work or you know <laughs> like that's that's one of those those tensions I think so ultimately I'd love to see the survey as playing a role in producing the production of a some entity something um, maybe it's a you know parliamentary commission I don't know what it is but something that is actually going to be tasked to make rainbow lives better in Aotearoa I definitely think those are great goals <laughs> and I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, so I guess the, the very last thing is where can people go to do the survey? The survey. And what can people expect when they do the survey? Great. So the survey is available um, at uh, www.identifysurvey.nz, not .co.nz or .org.nz, just .nz. Um, so that's all one word, identifysurvey.nz. And um, what people can expect is um, uh, they'll come to a homepage and they can uh, read some of the material on the homepage or they can scroll down to the bottom. There's a button that says take the survey that will take them to a survey. And there's an information sheet that they need to read through. Some people skim it, I suspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then they can take the survey at the bottom and then they'll go through and there's a bunch of questions that will, um, and, and depending on what people answer. So for instance, you might be asked if you're currently in secondary school. If you're not, um, it will ask you if you have left secondary school, if you're in alternative education, um, maybe you're at work, maybe you're looking for work, maybe you're underemployed and you'll choose one of those options and then it will take you to a different survey. Um, so not everyone gets the same survey. Um, some people will 
very someone who's at secondary school will get a totally different survey to someone who's who's 24 and is working and has been working for a couple of years and the survey will be mainly focused on that person's experiences of work and then everyone gets asked questions about their experiences in the community um and you know we're really interested like what's it like being out on scene you know do people feel that they're getting their needs met there their challenges that they're experiencing and then um, we go from there to what's happening at home for people and some people will be living with parents and caregivers, some people will be living independently, some people are living in flats so we have a whole bunch of questions on those and then some health questions and then um, we um, uh, then go off and the survey ends and you get invited to uh, do another survey, just a little one with three or four questions which is about if you'd like to be um, if you'd like to get some koha or merch um, in the form of stickers, then you can indicate where you'd like to pick those up and you can also leave your email address. And that's really important because if you leave your email address, it means that um, we can contact you afterwards for follow-up surveys um, or follow-up research where you might do interviews uh, with some people. Um, and what we've done is in the first survey, we ask you a bunch of questions. You might remember these, like, um, what's the name? What's the first letter of your best friend um, as a child? <laughs> and you know, what day of the month were you born on? And they're those questions that, on their own, they're not identifying of you, um, but when they're together, that means that when we send you the question, the questions again, we can do a follow-up survey and we can go, oh, this is Compass from, you know, two thousand and twenty-one. And this is Compass in 2023. And we can see what's changed for you by following up on those, those three little identifying questions. But it also means that in that second survey, we can ask you those three questions. And if you're someone that we want to hear about, maybe you've had a particularly exciting experience at work and we're doing a, some in-depth research about positive work experiences, we can contact you and see if you'd like to do an interview if you, if you wish. So... Yeah, that's really fun. That feels really exciting to to do that. So the, anyway, I'm digressing, but that's that's what people <laughs> will experience. And then after they've done that, they can go and collect the koha, um, and they've got up to six months to do that. So even if you do live far away from one of those areas, it might be that you know that, oh, later on in the year, I'm, I'm going to be going to Christchurch for something, and I'll just drop in then when I'm there and go and pick it up. So... Yeah, we do want people to grab this, the stickers as much as they can. But the biggest way, the biggest thing that you'll get out of the survey is, is doing it um, because you'll know that you're making your voice count. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you. This has been so insightful. Um, I found my new job, like my new dream job. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, and you've been listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM.